Uh, we could talk about how pink is not ma- manly because this is the third Sunday. Rose. It's rose. We wear rose. It's pink. I hate you. No, it's not. It's liturgical. It's rose. Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slip, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic Mass readings and discuss how the Word helps you know your God. Welcome to the podcast of the Ramblings of Beef and Slim. My name is Slim, also known as Kyle Cucklewood. <laughs> Father Adam McGake, boop. The boop. Amp Man, Kevin Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Woo! So, it just keeps getting worse. I bet you're thinking to yourself, when are they going to cut this guy off the show? Never. I've been just asking myself that better. for weeks. If, if, if Kyle's still here, you're still here. <laughs> Wait, I want to I backtrack a little bit, because Father goes, it's beef. Because he has to wear pink this week. <laughs> I do not wear pink. Love of Jesus, our rose. You know, to be fair, Apple does call it rose gold, not pink gold. So he has something there. And but it's still a girl's phone. It's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what is the purpose of? <laughs> I hate you guys so much, so much. Um, I mean, there is the color rose. Where do we get the color from? Go ahead and it's pink a combination. It up a bit. Go ahead and it's a combination of purple, his, his which is the be, Advent I'm season. I'm going to change the, the title this week. Instead <laughs> of beef and slim, is going to be rose and slim. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so you should get talk purple to your... during the rest of the season. <laughs> shut your mouths and let's talk because I don't wear pink. I'm going to explain how it's not pink; it's rose. It's got purple. And then the church wants you to know, she does the same thing during Ad, or during Lent, wants you to know it's going to be over. This little bit of penance you're doing, a little bit of penance during Advent, and a lot of penance during Lent says it's going to eventually be over. We're going to be able to celebrate, which is when you wear white. So the church says, let's put the two colors Wait, together. Wait, when do you run, wear pink and Lent? You wear rose. <laughs> fifth Sunday. And the fifth Sunday. <laughs> the half finish point. Yeah. I mean, he's right. It is liturgically rose. Because it is But purple. he's also wrong because his... His his outfit is pink. His, shirt, your face. his dress is pink. Oh, I'm gonna, I hate you so much, so much right now, and it's very angry because this weekend is supposed to be focused on joy, and I don't have any joy right now. Father, in the face of hardship and antagonism, we must never lose our joy. The kingdom is at hand. I know you're risking my salvation right now. How does that make you feel? Anyway, it's a little bit of the white, a little bit of purple, which makes rose. If it was pink, it would be red and white. It's not red and white. That's pink. We wear rose. You're trying to tell me if I combine white and purple, I'm going to get pink? <laughs> no, that's the point I'm making. You get rose. <laughs> white and purple the make rose. The church isn't always good at color math. <laughs> it's not our strong. In gear. your defense, I've been told that I'm colorblind. So I know. I told you that earlier. Yeah. but um, Why? Because he thought one of those things was purple and one was well, blue. Well, the screen is terrible. The, so. You know, that screen is rose-colored. It, it, that is actually <laughs> rose-colored. Yeah, it's got a little what bit of purple. What you wear is, is the color of that candle, yeah. which is fluorescent pink. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> so are you excited for your – how's the first advent at your new parish coming? 
This is your first major. Uh, so far, holiday, so good. Yeah, right? I'm taking the advice of some of the priests who say make very little changes unless you have to in the first year. So mm-hmm. I'm mostly saying, "What did you do last year? Let's do that." Because I also trust the priests who are there liturgically. Yeah, the priests are going to make fa- Father Matthew Schiffelbein. Schiffelbein was a and then Father uh, Brian Klingley. Was, I mean, he's got, from my understanding, liturgy down well. So they've had eight years of at least awesome. The priests before that, I don't know um, who they were. They I'd never met them. Um, yeah, they got stuff down. So I'm not. I haven't had any serious major questions. Stuff. There's small stuff. That's but this is the first time you've had to like run your entire, uh-huh. like a major holiday, right? Yeah. So far, fun? so good. Yeah. We're getting stuff lined up. I got a, my secretary is awesome. She never listens to this because she, she gets tired you. of listening to my voice at the office. It's because you wear too much pink at the office. Shut your face. Ugh. <laughs> they got what him a I pink saying? sweater to wear over his blacks. <laughs> He looks stunning. It brings out his eyes and his rosy cheeks. <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> you guys are not cool. We've not never made cool. fun of Father Adam like this, and we're just like, just it's, like a, it's like a dump truck. It just keeps pouring out. I think the title of this one is going to be Pink is the New Rose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I hope that I die before you, and I'm with you at your judgment. <laughs> I'm going to watch. I'm going to want you to answer for this. You'll be right next to Peter. Uh-huh. Nope, Peter, I'll say, remember he did this? Nope. He did this? I'm going <laughs> to highlight that line. No one remember the that. one time when he said Melchizedek instead of Malachi? Nope, nobody else knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, he edits out his mistakes. I never get mine edited out. Um, anyway, let's go to Isaac. Yeah, we're really excited you guys are here with us today. Um, our, just Here are the readings. First reading, Isaiah 35, 1 through 6a and verse 10. Uh, second reading is James 5, 7 through 10. I almost said Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Jason. I knew something good was coming. <laughs> James chapter 5, 7 through 10. And you were so antsy. <laughs> What's he going to do? Oh, dang it, he got it. <laughs> He's having a seizure. The gospel is Matthew 11, 2 through 11. And, um, yeah, it's the third Sunday of Advent. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. We just... Uh, Christmas is literally two weeks away. Like, Christmas is on a Sunday this year, so yeah. it's actually two weeks away. We get the full Lenten Advent. I say Lent all Advent long, every <laughs> year, every time we're talking about it. So this Lent, Advent, yes, Advent, shut up. Uh, the full Adventian experience. Wait, didn't we just celebrate, yeah, the uh, Solemnity of Immaculate Conception on the 8th? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we will have. Yep. Yeah. And then... Monday is Our Lady of Guadalupe. The, the 12th is? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it is. Look at that. And I will be on retreat this weekend. So as you're listening to this, pray for me and my kids, my confirmandi. Oh, um, I thought you meant like your terrorists. No. Well, well, those two. Yeah. They'll need it. Yeah. I mean, we're taking almost 80 eighth graders. So I, oh. I imagine the devil is just, just going to try and crap on our oh. house. So my poor wife. Yeah. Um. Yeah, December 8th is Solemnity of Immaculate Conception. Make sure you go to Mass if this gets... I think I'm releasing this on Thursday mornings, right? Is that when I do these? Or Tuesday mornings? I thought it was supposed to be Tuesdays, but... Tuesdays. You haven't or done you the past don't. couple weeks. You just don't put them out there, <laughs> What you've been doing lately. I'm quitting. I had to redirect. <laughs> I had to redirect a little bit. <laughs> All right, pink man. Um, make sure you go to Mass on December 8th. We are... Um, our core team is starting the uh, 33 Days to Morning Glory... The, the, help me out here. Divine Mercy? No, 33 Days to Morning Glory. Uh, yeah, but what, what's it? Consecration to oh. Mary on December 8th. We're going to start it. 
Usually you end them on Marion Feast Day. End on a feast day, you don't start on a feast day. Well, we're starting on a feast day. Leave it to Kyle to start late. 33 days late, actually. (laughs) Well, better late than never. Do you want me to do it? You could start tomorrow and end on Mary, Mother of God. I know she has that. How do you know? How can you math that well? Because I know my Marian feast days and my consecration start dates. Because he's done it. You know how you can tell? Because he's got his chain. He's got his chain. Have you done it, Father? Yeah. I did it a couple years back. I haven't haven't done it since. But I don't think I was ready for it the first time I did it. That's why I redo it every once in a while. Yeah. I'm excited to do it with the core team. I'm excited to see the fruit of it. Um, Like as a core, we're all Mm -hmm. good. Well, I don't know. I'm going to offer it to the entire core. We'll see if anybody does it with me. Anyway. No, you know what you do? What do you do? PT loves this answer, this this statement. A guy, he knows who I'm talking about. He says, if you can look at me and tell me Jesus doesn't want you to do it, I won't give you a hard time for it. (laughs) That's the best. You you can't use it on everything. you got to save that for, like, legit stuff. And I think this is legit stuff here. I think my wife would slap me if I ever said that. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get into this. Uh, First reading, Isaiah, somebody start. Oh, this is awesome. My mom's name is here. Shout out to Carmel Jean. Not Sharon. Not Sharon. Carmel. My mom's not, name is Carmel Jean. Not After Our Lady of Mount Carmel? Or did your grandpa, My grandpa really like caramels? Uh, caramels? No, there was like some famous singer from back in the day that my granddad really liked. His name was Guy. Guy. That was like his birth name? Yep. Guy That's Kenny. Awesome. That's awesome. He also was a sailor and he had a naked lady tattoo on his forearm. Was he a farmer when he grew up? Or a farm family? Huh? Was it a farm family? I don't know. You know what? I should ask that. Sometime. That sounds like a farmer's name. It also just is very much my grand my grandfather. He died when I was young, but from what I remember, he was a good man. Okay, can we? Somebody start talking. I was trying me? to, and then he started talking about tattoos. Father, I can't believe you're getting a sleeve of tattoos on your left <laughs> arm. No comment. Um, <laughs> start with a half sleeve. Um, so this weekend is the Joy Sunday, as we talked about, where you wear rose. And, and a part of this is Isaiah talks about how life is going to come from lack of life. So the desert and the parched land will exalt. The steppe will rejoice and bloom. They'll bloom with abundant flowers, and life is going to come where there wasn't life before. What and color so- flowers? Probably rose. <laughs> Maybe is it roses purple. only, or are there lilies? Oh, so much hate. See what priests have to go through. This is what kills vocations, is this stuff right here. <laughs> That's why we don't have more priests. It's you two right now. I blame you. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. But so we get this, and then this is going to tie in with the gospel. So then he goes on to even speak within the person. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be cleared. Lame will leap like a stag. Not just, you know, do a little skipping. It will leap like a stag, and the tongue of the mute will sing. And so it's not just, you know, a little bit of fulfillment. It's not just a little bit of life. It is going to the extreme, which is we been talking about um, off and on in the podcast, and then I think we talked about it last week, at least we're getting in this direction of when we live the gospel well, it's not just in small little matters. I mean, it goes crazy, um, and it's awesomeness, and that's what the gospel or the readings this week and the prayers are focused on is this joy that we will have if we live the gospel well, if we receive Mm. God's love. Mm. I'm just going to keep saying "Mm," until Kevin starts. Mm. No, not we'll, start doing the same we'll thing. Be transformed. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say. Mm. Oh, I need this one. Make firm the knees that are weak. How about the knees that are hurting? Yeah, you I need can use that. that. That'd be great. Um, I we have been praying a lot 
as a youths a group about um, what is it John thirty thirty or three thirty um, he must increase and I must decrease mm. um, through this Advent season especially that's what like, you always pray with that's like the only thing I ever hear you pray with that's I've never stuff. prayed that you talk about it all the time uh-uh. yeah you do that's Kev it's one of my favorite verses I'm so sorry it's not the first time I've been confused with Kyle. Uh, and it probably, unfortunately, probably won't be the will last. not be the last. But we have been praying about that through, through our, with our high schoolers recently. And it's kind of cool to think about um, if we decrease and he increases, these things are made known. Right? Like the lame leap like a stag and the tongue, mute will sing, the tongue of the mute will sing. But it's only if we decrease, like of our... If through this Advent season we don't focus on us and we focus on others, and I think one of the hardest things through Advent, especially with all the crazy propaganda, all the um, advertising, and you know, like every every commercial is saying that this Christmas is going to be the most perfect Christmas, and you're going to get the best gift, and your family is going to be perfect, and all that stuff. But if we focus so much on us during this Advent season, we won't. There's no way for us to decrease and him to increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I feel like just kind of continuing that vein that each year as Christmas comes around, like, I mean, we start thinking like, well, what do I want for Christmas? And like, I keep just thinking to myself, like, I don't want anything. Like when, when I need something, I'll go get it. But like, you know, my parents like, well, can we help you with this? Or what do you want this? And I kind of want to be like, you know what, just go give something to someone in my name. Like Mm -hmm. I I really, I really don't want anything. And if I need something, then I'll save up and buy it because Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm really happy for the spirit of Christmas, but, like, I don't need more stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to start thinking about my wish list. I want to look at it and say, okay, who doesn't have the basic necessities? Like, who, who is blind? Who is deaf? Who is lame? Who is mute? How can I help mm-hmm. you guys? Well, in the, uh, yeah, my mom texted me the other day, like, what do you want for Christmas? So we do stockings in our family. We don't do big gifts very much anymore. And the only thing I could think of was socks. Because I love new socks. That's like the best feeling in the world is a new pair of socks. But that was like it. I, it you're right, though. Like, I have a job. I can go. I, I, it might take me a couple months to go buy that new thing, but I can do that. Anyway, I, I'm right there with you. Father, what were you going to say? I don't remember. It's okay, because I can use that to transli- transition Translation. into the second reading. Cool. Because huh. I had nothing to say about the first reading. Me either. Um, but... You know, James here is talking about being patient, and as we're getting to God Sunday, you know, Christmas is, is upon us, and this is when we start to get really angsty for Christmas to be here, for school to be out, to go to our families, uh, and to go have fun, and to open the Christmas presents, to give the Christmas presents, and James is saying, you know, be patient, stay calm, like the Lord, the coming of the Lord is, is at hand, but just like, let it happen. Don't try and get ahead of yourself. Take these next two weeks prepare, um, and, and take a deep breath. And so, you know, as we're in the middle of the Christmas season, we're two weeks in um, now, take a deep breath and, and recenter yourself and be like, okay, I'm getting ready for the birth of Christ now. Well, and then what is that? The thing that I, I think the reason Advent is so hard for me, the, the Easter Sunday is much easier, maybe more tangible of like, what does it mean in my life? But the birth of Christ is not as tangible in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So the being patient and like recenter yourself 
get ready for the birth of Christ. Okay, but what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. I don't, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think that's something you need to pray with. And it's, I think, too easy in our Western culture to, especially in America, the U.S., to sort of mark off checklists. Like, I've got this. I'm doing this. I'm doing stuff, and I'm good to go. And I've got my relationship with Jesus. Even if I'm growing, just sort of check it mm-hmm. off and keep going. But in this, it says four times be patient. Mm-hmm. And so with it is you have to pause and sit with these mysteries. And I think just sitting with the mystery of baby Jesus, you know, you don't have to have like a realization that's, I mean, our salvation doesn't depend on the birth of Jesus. I mean, it depends on his death and his resurrection. Without that, our faith has nothing. Mm-hmm. Our resurrection makes a lot of sense. Or I mean, our salvation makes a lot of sense with the birth of Jesus. We can tie it in, but just to sit with it and enter into the mystery of the fact that he loves us so much that he takes on flesh. You know, you could focus on him being born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, and the house of, or the city of David, mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. And just to sort of sit with it and just, it's cool that God loves me, or it's cool that God's a baby. Just to sit with those things in the quiet and um, let those flow into these other things that he talks about, you know, that being having your heart firmed up. Man, and that's and really stuff. cool. And I might just have changed my life night for this coming Sunday based on that idea of just be, just yeah. like be and sit with this idea of Christ coming into the world. And, and you saying that sparked this thought in my mind of like how Jesus was born and then nothing happened for 30 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, as we're coming into our no, faith life, he gets lost and then nothing happens. He again. gets lost. <laughs> And then they cut out his teenage years because everyone's awkward as a teenager. <laughs> um, it's awkward that they left it as middle school years. Though. Like, those are the worst years. Which makes sense. He gets lost in the temple. Um, mm-hmm. But just that idea of, like, when we go into the Christian journey, like, it's, there's going to be a lot of periods of dullness and quietness and just sitting um, where mm. we're like, okay, I want something incredible to happen. And we're like... No, like those, those start to space themselves out uh, in this journey and just learning to be like with a baby Jesus. Like I remember when I had my first child um, and like being so excited to have talent and getting home and just being like, oh, wow, you do nothing. <laughs> the poop. It's like nothing's changed except for you. I can't leave the house without making sure you haven't pooped yourself. <laughs> or that you're not going to poop yourself when we get where we're going. But like for the first like nine months, it's really boring. And then even then... It's still kind of boring because he's, he's two and a half. Like, he can only do so much. The things that he wants to do that he's capable of are so small. Um, but if I just ignored him, if I just like, was like, oh, come, come to me when you're 12 and you're yeah. functioning. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, and if you I've were just sitting with him. Everything. But yeah. sitting with him when he was three months and six mm-hmm. months and a year has made all of this mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. Ooh. So... When I did my eight-day silent retreat, um, when I did my institute for priestly formation the summer a couple I have a years question. ago. question. I'm just going to jump in. Is, was that easy for you or hard? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I mean, it, it starts a roughish. I mean, the, well, the first day of any retreat is usually pretty Awkward. awesome. No, I love it because you're just like, oh, I want to put all this noise behind me. And then oh. into oh. day two or three, especially on eight day, um, the first couple of days weren't bad, and then it's like, I'm getting bored, because you're used to going, so the first little bit's nice, and then you're like, okay, I'm used to being moving, um, and then you level off, and this, we did four holy hours a day, and that is intense, it's, is what I would do is, all I did was prayed, napped, and I did a workout each day, I mean, that's awesome, did I say eat, ate, napped, prayed, eat. I ate, okay, good, I ate, <laughs> he ate. I don't, like, don't miss meals very often, um, 
Have you ever missed a meal and go, I think I lost weight? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got nothing in reserves. It just pushes it around. Um, but one of the things we had to pray with, and so Ignatius is big, I think we talked about this before, about using your spiritual senses. So when you enter into a scene, try to smell it. So you're mm. with baby Jesus, smell baby Jesus, um, feel baby Jesus, feel the cold air, and using all the senses in that way as you close your eyes, you enter into the prayer. And it, it is an art that takes a while to do it, and I don't always do it well. But I had this awesome prayer where I was holding baby Jesus, Mary gave him to me, and it said, here, take him. Mm. And I didn't want to take baby Jesus because I might drop baby Jesus. <laughs> But it was cool because I just had there, and then he just sort of put his hand up and on my heart and started messing around and just felt my heart loosen up and soften up. And it was the turning point where it went from hard to easier in my retreat. And it was awesome. Just because, and it, the thing was just sit with Jesus mm-hmm. and just hold little baby Jesus. And so that's my that's default cool. is if I need meditative or prayer where I go into um, a scene and I got nothing else before me, I'm just exhausted. I just, I go back to holding baby Jesus. Or if my heart is heavy or feels burdened just go back to the little scene oh that's cool sit with yeah, it yeah i'm awesome. gonna i'm gonna just agree with you totally there like i mean i love when god does awesome like really big things and like i think i've come to expect them a lot of times um but there's just something so wonderful about just being with mm-hmm. the lord like when we were on our retreat uh, a couple weeks ago with our high schoolers i got into bed and like as soon as i laid on the covers uh there was another retreat there and they're having all night adoration and as soon as i got in the covers I, t- I snuggled in and i just heard jesus say come be with me like, mm. thank me for what I've done this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, but I'm man, cozy. maybe that was my idea. And then like, you heard me. <laughs> yeah, and and so just... like, I got up and like, I went there and nothing happened. There was nothing dramatic, mm. but I just sat there in peace In peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just good. So, okay. But there is a huge difference between what's happening here in James of being patient and being in the desert. I think. What do you mean? So Jesus in the 40 days in the desert, like during Lent, that, that is different than being patient and resting with Jesus, mm-hmm. than being in the desert and being, you know, spiritually in the desert as yeah. well. I mean, not that you don't have to be patient, but the kind of patient that you guys are talking about of just sitting and being and being at peace, it's hard to be at peace in the desert. It is. But to go back to Ignatius... He says when you're going through those periods of desolation, you act like a little kid and you sit down and you wait for daddy to come take care of you. Mm. You don't keep running, you don't keep moving, you just pause and you sit there. And you don't make any changes, so you keep your prayer going. So you, if you fall into a period of desolation or the desert, you ask yourself, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing the sacraments I need to be doing? You know, mm-hmm. Am I up to date on my confession? Am I going to all the masses I need to go to? Am I doing my daily prayer as I see fit for my life? And Whatever you're doing, it's just different for everybody. If you're doing those things and you say, it's not on me, it's on God, and you just, you sit there, meaning you do the exact same thing. You might be intensify your prayer, you add a little bit of prayer, you may add a little bit of fasting, but you don't go, don't go crazy. absolutely crazy. Yeah. You just sit there. Yeah. Um, All right, well, let's uh, transition to the gospel because we're kind of running out of time in this one. Um, so I need someone to explain why we are hearing this gospel now. What? Why? What do you mean? What's your question? Why doesn't it make sense? I want you to teach. Okay, so this is awesome. So I said we'd get back to it from Isaiah. And this is where I love typology. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know what typology is, it's when something in the Old Testament prefigures something in the New. So in the first reading, we talked about how, you know, the, the blind's eyes will be open, the deaf will be, the ears of the deaf will be cleared, the lame will leap like a stag, and the tongue will mute. And so there's question, is Jesus really who we think he might be? And so John the Baptist... Um, John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of Christ. He sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. 
And most theologians believe that John is sending them to Jesus to ask this for their own sake so that they will quit clinging to him and will cling to Christ. There's a very small contingent that think that John has doubts of Jesus being Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, of being God. Um, but most of them think that it's for their own benefit. And so the question is, are you the one who's to come or should we look for another? Are you like, are you the king? Because again, they're not the king that they expected. And so Jesus doesn't say yes or no. He says, you tell John what you see and what you hear. So the blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. So he does everything that was prophesied and goes above because there was nothing to mention of the dead. Mm-hmm. And so he raises Lazarus. Um, surely and Jairus' daughter. And Jer- yeah, I was thinking of his name. Wait, who? Jairus' daughter. Sorry. And so he, um, so he goes above and beyond. And so as awesome as God's glory was going to be, when it comes, it's even more awesome than we expect, which is what we see in our life. Um, I guess so my question is, how does beginning. this tie to the baby Jesus? Is it that what, <coughs> what we think God is going to be, God will always be above and beyond what, just like right here, what John thought mm-hmm. or the disciples thought God was, or Jesus was going to be always is bigger and better. I think so because it's yeah it's getting us ready for it too. Plus, we start those first two weeks especially focusing on the end, and then this mm-hmm. week isn't as much on the end. It's just sort of getting us ready to celebrate um, the birth or the remembrance of baby Jesus. I think a part of it is getting us ready that God is going to fulfill every promise He's given us, and we see that in Jesus in the different different signs um, where He's born. He's born out in the wilderness. He mimics God's people being on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so Brady's in that line of David, the beginning of Matthew's gospel, which is where this gospel comes from. So it's going to be in that same um, line there. And I think it's getting us ready to receive the message. Yeah. Kev, you have thoughts in your heads. Um, as I was reading through all these readings, the song, Even So Come, came to mind. Uh, it's uh, by Kristen Stanfelt. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I mean, all of creation, all of the earth, make sure to highway a path for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Uh, and then the chorus, like a bride waiting for her groom will be a church ready for you. Every heart longing for our king. Um, and I think just at this point, you know, as John is sending disciples to go say, like, is it, is it it? Like, is this it? Is this the, is the moment where you come? Um, like, I know that I'm going to go home and, and listen to this song uh, at least once a day. Uh, for the rest of Advent, just to to get my heart ready, like to make straight those those pathways in my heart, um, and uh, and just to prepare that way. Just that that uh, that whole idea, like I'm sending my messenger ahead of you; he will prepare your the, your way before you. Um, and to look at that idea of repentance and like how am I eagerly anticipating the Lord's mm-hmm. coming? by mm-hmm. preparing my own life, by repenting, as John's talked about in the first two weeks, and everything like that. Um, and I would you know, I'd invite you to, to join me in that. What was the, the name of that song again? Even So Come. By who? Kristen Stan? Kristen Stanfell. Okay. Stanfill, something like Sorry, that. Sorry, I'm making a note. Even it's, So Come. That, that song will be in the description of the podcast as well. Oh, I'll just do that. Um, I keep thinking, Father, I... I had never really thought about this until you just mentioned this, that from the Isaiah to Matthew, how what, what the prophets prophesied about Christ coming and then what he actually was, like how much bigger he was actually was. I've, I've regularly thought about like how when Moses is told to put a staff in the Red Sea, um, like what his 
imagination of what God was going to do compared to what God actually did. Mm. So, like, in my head, like, if I'm Moses and God says, put your staff in the sea, I'm thinking, like, a couple boats are going to pop up or something. You know, like, I'm not expecting the sea to part. And so, it's I, in my head, it's the same way as right here where these disciples are looking for this God that they have imagined, that they have created in their own head and may have been let down because it's not a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a ferocious king, but this God is so much bigger than what they have even can imagine of yeah. what a God can be. And I think that just to make a point to start wrapping it up. Yeah, we need to. Is, uh, so like in our ministry, you guys, I'm sure have had similar things, but especially since I was leaving Prince of Peace, you know, people start to tell you those things that you did or to God work through you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the stuff you would expect. You might yeah. hear some of it, you know, I like your homilies or, you know, you, it was nice for you to come over to our house for dinner or some of those things. But some of the things that they point out are not at all what I would have thought my priestly ministry was about or what I thought God did. And he's able to work through those different um, avenues we're not expecting. Our job is just to sort of show up. My job is mm-hmm. to show up, be the best priest I can, and let God work through those things in ways that um, don't expect. Or the message I try to preach is not what somebody hears, but it's, you know, Have well, you ever changing. had that time where you give a sermon? I don't know what we call our thing. Give a teaching? What do we call when we give a talk? A talk. A talk. And you give sermons. Um, homilies. Homilies, sorry. And I am all over the place. I roll... Anyway, when you give a talk and you're like, ooh, that was the worst thing I've ever said out of my entire oh, yeah. life. Uh-huh. That didn't make sense. And then like five people come up to you. That was life-changing. That Thank was you really so great. No. Are you serious? And that's the way it goes. The ones that I think are terrible, yeah. and I want to apologize. I think I mentioned this before, that I want to apologize for. They said, oh, that was awesome. And the yeah. ones I'm like, I'm going to get compliments for that one. Never. Nothing. Yeah. Not a word. Nothing. And I'm like, must have been me being proud. Yep. And so I, that's what happened to me Sunday night. I worked so hard on this talk. Got done and go, oh, they did not like that. (laughs) All right. We need uh, a challenge. Somebody go for it. They're both on their cell phones. I gave my challenge already. Oh, yeah. I thought I. Oh, you did. What Um, was it? Listen to that song every day for the rest of your life. (laughs) Even so calm. Yeah. Listen to the song. Okay. I would say pause, enter into the rest, and look at your life and see where God fulfilled what he promised you. Mm. Either your baptismal promises, just general promises of the faith, but identify two or three things that God has done for you. Cool. I like that. Mine is going to be, it's what I'm going to do, is sit and rest with baby Jesus. Like, what if Mary gave me baby Jesus? There you go. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's freaky, man. Mm. Because I would definitely drop him. Yeah, I was terrified. Or hit, like, the self-destruct button. That's the part that would freak, you know, like, on the top of their head. In, oh, uh, yeah, in the movie that. I talked about last week, uh, Mary's reflecting on, like, being there in the first moment. She goes, you know, the same hand uh, that healed the dead was the same hand that pawed mm. at my breast to get milk. And I was just like, whoa. Mm. Wow. Okay, Father, I think you've talked about this before. What's the chapel in, it must be in Israel, that her breast milk, milk fell on? It's a cave. Yeah, it's a cave. It's a church built around a cave um i forget what it's called but it's in bethlehem it's just down the road from but what's the uh, thing that's like they can't explain oh they've got so uh, it's believed that a drop of mary's breast milk landed there and everything turned white on this wall and if you take a little bit of it and you mix it into a drink like mothers who are having trouble conceiving um do it and then they pray asking god for help um they they conceive and they've got I want to say it's tens of thousands of 
Yeah, they have like documented a photo people. album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got photo albums babies. and they got a big wall of them. Yeah. It's of people sending these things in, but they got tens of thousands of people who have said that they've done this and they were able um, to conceive because Yeah. And I had a yeah. couple um ask me to get that for another couple when I was over there and uh Got it, and then they ended up conceiving. Oh, that's ended so cool. up conceiving, I think within a couple months of getting it. I since I wasn't directly yeah involved. I don't remember the full story, but that's so cool. All right, well, guys, we really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a great third week of Advent. Peace. God bless. All music on this podcast is written and played by Mikey Needham. Mikey is a diehard supporter of the Ramblings and the Catholic Church. If you are interested in having him play at your parish or church, go to mmbank.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Very Good Web Solutions, with their innovative design and top-tier customer service. Very Good is leading the charge on website design. Go to verygoodwebsolutions.com today to see their prices and products.